The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome again to another episode of the Source of Truth podcast. And we thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning as we take some time in God's word. I commend you for taking a few minutes out of your day, whether you're watching this or listening to this, uh, to study the word of God together. And so if you're following along with us, if you're able to do that, we're continuing in the book of Psalm chapter 105. And before we get to the section of scripture, there's been a thought that's been rolling through my mind. And uh, if you've listened to the messages over the last couple of weeks and several of these devotions, this thought has peered itself through, obviously, since it's been in my mind. But coming back to asking sometimes why God does some of the things he does. Now, we mentioned two weeks ago on, on Sunday morning that... You know, we, we had talked about the fact that God, from Acts chapter 12, God allowed James to die but freed Peter. And so we would ask, why would God do that? How we understand something that God is, God is not good because we understand him. God is good because he's good. As a matter of fact, if we can understand all the things that God does, it actually limits him. Uh, this is an almighty, powerful God, and I am glad he's more powerful than my understanding. So we, we don't have to try, figure it out. He knows what's best. He knows what's best for his kingdom. And what he considers best sometimes in our selfish nature, we don't consider best. But today is a unique scenario of this. If you were to go back to Genesis and study several chapters in Genesis, you would find a story or an account, really, a true, a true account of a man by the name of Joseph, a young man who was given dreams by God. And we know Old Testament, when they were given dreams, it was God speaking to them about a vision, about something that would happen in their future. And he was given two different dreams, one that his brothers would bow down to him one day, and then the second one that his brothers and, and parents would bow down to him. And of course, this frustrated his brothers who didn't like him to begin with, and, and this promise, but it was a promise from God. He was sold into slavery and then became a, a slave at Potiphar's house, and then due to something he did not do by doing right, he ends up in prison. Um, and then shortly, you know, after, after 13 years of all this taking place, he ends up the second most powerful man in the world ruling underneath the, the Pharaoh at the time simply because he allowed himself in that situation to be used of God and continue to trust God through all that time. Now, why I bring that up looking at the book of Psalms? Well, because in a section here, as we've been looking at Psalms, uh, David is bringing the ark in this chapter, bringing the ark back to Israel, or covenant, and as he's bringing it back, he's thanking the Lord with this song, with this psalm. He's thanking the Lord and, re- and kind of rehearsing much of the history of his home, of Israel. And most of this was just stuff he knew. He, he wasn't there for, I mean, this, especially this. And so one of the things he references is this story of God's provision, how he used Egypt and then Joseph and all of these things. And so I want to evaluate these verses because there's some great principles that even as, a, as David the psalmist looks back, he reminds us of the principles that we can have from that. So um, I'm going to look. I actually did not write down which verse I was going to start with. And so um, verse number 16. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they, they hurt with fetters, he was laid in iron. And to the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his substance, to bind his princes at the pleasure and teach his sen- um, senators wisdom, 
Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. So here's what we, I want to see here. Some, I think, important aspects here that we see the famine. He says, God called for a famine. So we look at the story. If you go back to the story of Joseph, Joseph's in slavery, and um, as he, well, actually, he's in prison now, and, and he has been given a dream to the baker, butler and baker, which he thought was going to be his way out of jail because he was not there for anything he had done. The Potiphar's wife wanted to seduce him, and he said no. She lied. He ends up in jail. Um, two years later, these men who were going to tell Pharaoh about him did not, or this one that was going to did not. And so two more years of nothing, of emptiness. And, and I, inevitably, I'm sure there had to be this in his mind. And the amazement to me was Joseph's trust, even though God remained silent through all those times. So Joseph now gets called up because Pharaoh has a dream. And he has a dream, <clears throat> uh, two kind of disturbing dreams that the, the man find, remembers Joseph. Joseph comes and he predicts through God's power that there's going to become seven years of great plenty in the land of Egypt and then seven years of famine. Well, this is the famine that the passage says God called for it. This was God's plan. And it was God's plan. Now, at this point, it's God's plan to bring Israel to Egypt for a while to enjoy the plenty as the famine's coming. So we can initially see the plan that takes place there. Uh, but I like also what he says in verse 17. We see God's power in all of this. In verse 17, he, this is God, sent a man before them, even Joseph. If you study the story of Joseph, he is hated by his brothers, who then threw him into a pit, were going to kill him, who decided to sell him into slavery. He ends up a servant, a slave for Potiphar. And you can look at all of that and say, man, God really seemed to have his hand upon Joseph and look at everything that happened to him. Obviously, Joseph must have done something wrong. No, we know scripture, that's not true. And because we can see the end of the story, him being sold into slavery is not that big of a deal. Well, he's sold in slavery, but I think God's going to use it one day. The principle we look at is that God sent Joseph ahead. His brother selling him into slavery was part of what God was going to do. I've heard people say, well, I, God was going to send him ahead, but it was going to be done differently than this. How do we know that? We think that God was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. Now we have to change things. God put Joseph, a Hebrew boy, in the only place that he could have actually had presence to the king. And that was next to his butler and baker, who in jail. And he was placed in a high-level jail, the king's prisoners. Right. To be in the one place that could place a Hebrew boy, he would have never been in Egypt to begin with. God's plans are not, he's not fixing mistakes. He's not surprised by things going on. God's plan is God's plan. That's why he tells us in Proverbs. I read this this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. We look at our understanding and we say God must be messing up and we totally miss what's really going on in these things. And so God sent Joseph, it says here. In verse 18, he was, he was not really taking good care of his hurt. Was, his feet were hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. He was a prisoner. Verse 19, he was a prisoner until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him until God's timing. So we see that God sent Joseph. And then, as he said, then we see the timing that God had him in jail. And he had his time in Egypt, approximately 13 years, where there was silence. All he had to do is trust the vision, the promise that God gave him when he was younger. And all that time he had to wait and he had to go through what seemed to be God's frustration, God's punishment, whatever you want to look at. And yet the entire time he remained faithful to God because he knew God had a plan because of the vision he had given him. And now God is placing him in, in the greatest place because it was God's timing. You see, God had sent Joseph out before the famine was going to come and then got him right there seven years before the famine was to hit. None of this was a mistake. 
You can look at all of it and say, well, I don't know. And then, but it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. Joseph was placed exactly where he needed to be to free these people, his own people from the famine. And we can see a lot of, we can see God's power rolling through all of this. We see in verse 20, the king set and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free and made him ruler, lord of the house. Catch this. God now uses the ruler of a pagan land to fulfill his promises, to fulfill his plan. God used Pharaoh, a pagan king, to bring Joseph out, to put him in charge, to place this Hebrew, this, jo this fear, this man who feared God, Jehovah God, the opposite of anything Egypt would follow, and allowed him to be in a position to be able to influence the known world of the time simply because it was God's plan. God sent Joseph, God said the right time, and God used pagan people. We look at all of this, we look at our world, we look at our circumstances, and God is in control, I'm telling you. It is easy to say this, and when, when you're down and discouraged, it's not always easy to live it. I mean, we're all gonna be honest with that. And this is why I challenge you this morning. I don't know what God's doing, but what we do, what, so what do we do? Sit back and do nothing and say, well, God's gonna do it. No, 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 we get on our knees and we beg God to move. One, we beg for grace to deal with what it is we're going through strength to overcome, maybe anxiety you're struggling with or depression, and then we continue to beg God to move. We don't have to sit on the sideline and say, Lord, in your time, we beg God to move. And what are you saying, Galatians chapter 6, in due season, you should reap if you faint not. So we just keep going. We keep praying. And we keep praying boldly, as we mentioned Sunday morning, boldly begging God to do something. And that's what we should do. Trust that he's got a plan. Trust that he's got timing and trust that he will even use the strangers of circumstances to fulfill. And that's generally when God's plan is seen as awesome because he uses the least likely. That's why he tells us in Proverbs to lean not on your own understanding. What we do is we say, well, God, if you're going to do it, this is the only way I think it can work out. Because I know and I'm going to use the one way you would never imagine for it to work out. That's what we need to place our trust in God. That's what we got to wait and see what God can do. And I encourage you today, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, keep your trust in Him. Can I also encourage you, this trust, you know, this God that works, our God that works in our life, He works in the lives of those who've placed their trust in Him. This is just for everybody. Now, granted, He said anybody, He wants, God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. He wants you to be part of His family. Please understand that. But it's when I become part of his family that I can trust what we looked at even this morning. If you've never put your trust in him, I'm not asking if you've been to church or baptized, none of that. I'm asking, have you ever placed your trust in Jesus and asked him for, for, ask him for forgiveness and asked him to save you? If you've not done this, you won't fully understand what I'm talking about here. This is for his children. And if you'd like to know more about that, I'm in the office throughout the day. You can call our church office here at Ben Salem Baptist. We'd love the opportunity to talk to you about that. But let me encourage you, that is the most important decision you will make, is that's when these things come alive. Religion will not offer to you. It needs to be Jesus alone who can give those things to you. We'd love to explain how that works. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to be part of your day. I hope this is encouraging. I hope it inspires you. I hope it helps you in the midst of maybe a time where you're struggling, and it just gives you that push, inspiration just to keep going. God has not forgotten about you. God's got a plan. Keep focused. Keep going. Keep on your knees and wait and see how God will make this fulfill it in a way that only God can. Again, thanks for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you next time.